You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for consumers. With Renew Economy's editor, Giles Parkinson, and leading solar industry veteran, Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by SunWiz, the creators of the powerful PV cell software, and Solar Analytics, suppliers of intelligent solar monitoring. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Solar Insiders podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy and of One Step Off the Grid and of the Driven.io, our EV-focused website. And joining me as usual is Nigel Morris from Solar Analytics. Nigel, we've made it through the year. <laughs> we did, mate. Well done. I think you're the busiest human in solar, um, given how much content comes out. Well done, you, for making it through another year, mate. Well, thank you very much. Sometimes it seemed like only just, and um, I rather fancy that um, some other people are, 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 are both very busy, um, much busier than I am, and um, possibly even making more money, and um, possibly even having more fun, but I don't <laughs> maybe, know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe, There's a maybe lot not. of Who busy knows? people out there at the moment, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, haven't we seen that through the year? Now, look, this is our last episode of the year, as we said, mm. and um, so we we have to have a, a bit of the highlights for the mm. year. And um, look, I guess the big one for me is just how busy everyone has been. I mean, look, we're heading for two gigawatts. Um, yeah, maybe more. That's way beyond, maybe mm. more, and that's just like way beyond everyone's expectations. Um, so... Um, so yeah, and, and, and look, it's not going to slow down. And it's really interesting to see that the Australian Energy Market Operator and its integrated system plan last week and all the other different reports are all assuming that rooftop solar is going to keep on expanding over the next decade or two. And um, yep, the solar, the solar snowball is rolling, mate. It is rolling, it's well ro- and truly. It's it's rolling. It's pretty unstoppable. Um, there's likely to be a few hurdles thrown in its way, yep. particularly around sort of um, inverter standards and this idea that they can, you know, at least know where things are, can have some visibility over them, yes. can possibly even orchestrate them. We might see some interesting things with different tariffs. We might see some interesting things with um, export limitations. Um, yeah, we're seeing, f- we're seeing interesting things with Voltvar and Voltwatt now. Um, so dynamic Volt adjustment of inverters. What? We had an installer pop up uh, the other day. Sorry to jump in there, but um, had an installer pop <sighs> up and go, look at what this inverter's doing. Why is this system underperforming? And we could see it looked like a sawtooth across the top of the output of this solar system. And we had a bit of a squeeze and a bit of a talk to the installer and went, ah, that inverter's dynamically adjusting to the grid voltage and going up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, and just it's kind of flatlining, but trying to squeeze everything it could out. So we're now starting to see live data coming through of dynamic um, um inverter limiting um trying to compensate for grid voltage which is really interesting because who's really at fault the customer's losing about 10 or 15 percent of the energy that they could be otherwise generating because the network voltage is too high ah look that's pretty impressive i'm starting to i'm I'm just trying to think of the name of the film um damn it Fish called Wanda. <laughs> Fish called Wanda. When what's the name? And the, and the guy starts speaking. Kevin Klein starts speaking Russian, and she just sort of melts. And uh, God, when you start talking about Voltvar and Volt W, I mean, you know, I just think the audience out there is just like falling for you. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it, it is it my st- it is my state when you see when you see the results like that of you know a punter. Uh, a system owner going, hey, what's happening to my system? And you go, ah, oh, actually, that's evolution. 
right there. That's that's change in absolutely. That's absolutely. change in technical yep. standards having an impact, whether it's good or bad, is another issue. But um, certainly, it's an evolution from you know the sledgehammer approach of just whacking the top off with an export control. Were exactly look, and it also just sort of points to that there are solutions with uh, various technology and some smart thinking, and that it doesn't all have to be a a um, a, a blinding negative. Mm. So um, mm. yeah, really interesting. So just imagine, um, you know, one quarter of all the generation um, that was supplied to consumers in Australia will come from rooftop solar at the very minimum mm. um, within a decade or two, and um, that's pretty exciting. And that's up from. Oh, what is it about now? About three percent, four percent. So you just think about the increase in rooftop solar. So I guess the lesson for that is that there's still going to be business out there for many, many people for many years to come. Mm. Um, mm. And that's good. True. True. Are we going Mate. to run through a best and worst of 2019 or what? Well, I've just done mine. Well, I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw something in there because I, I had to think about this and go, what are the best and worst things? Um, so definitely, you know, how much solar was installed, clearly, that was that was top of my list. You know, 300,000 homes, biggest month ever with two hundred over 200 megawatts in October and November, almost the same. So, you know, just mind-boggling, and I can't wait to see what happens in December. Um, uh, but my, uh, my pitch is we may well even top October or November in December because um, the rate at which people are, uh, are running out there is just enormous. So that's my top one. Crikey, mm. that's amazing. 300,000 homes for the year. That's a pretty spectacular figure. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's an estimate that I, that I pulled off your website, actually, from, from what someone wrote. But um, Must be true. Yeah, must be true. Um, the second one that I'm going to give a shout out to uh, as one of the best things that I saw in 2019 is the tenacity of solar businesses trying to make an honest living. This, this really blew me away this year because I'm involved in a number of different committees and panels and spend a lot of time at roadshows and stuff. And, um, you know, the number of great people in this industry trying to just make an honest living out of solar and really working hard on that, on, on not trying to do the wrong thing, not trying to be greedy about it, but just trying to make a good, honest living and deliver more solar. So huge shout out to those businesses. I, I think their tenacity to continue in the face of sometimes massive adversity is uh, one of the best things I saw in 2019. Absolutely, yes, and particularly down in Victoria where they had some real hassles, which um, we sort of documented on the website and in this podcast. So, indeed. Um, a double shout out to double them. Double shout out to them. And indeed, I, I, I've got Solar Vic rebate in as one of the best things that happened in 2019, but also one of the worst. Um, you know, to see a state government really getting behind and trying to get solar back on the headlines, um, you know, actively supporting it. You have to give uh, the Victorian government credit for that. Um, but at the same time, you know, the way that it was managed initially uh, also clearly falls into the one of the worst things that happened in 2019. Um, and then the other one that's in my, um, in my best things of 2019 was not only the good businesses and good people, but the dedicated industry organisations, you know, I don't. Not a day has gone by, Giles, when I haven't looked at a social media post by a person, or and in this case, lots of great industry organisations out there fighting for quality solar. Be it the CEC, Solar Cutters, the Smart Energy Council, SIA. Um, we have um, a lot of great people in those industry organisations. A lot of them working extraordinarily hard. 
a lot of them working often for little or no money in a voluntary capacity and their only objective is to lift the quality uh, of our industry and so big shout out to them again for tenacity and, and for fighting on. Absolutely. And look, there's been a few battles um, through the year. I mean, we mentioned Solar Victoria. We could probably also point to some of the issues that happened up in Queensland when the ETU tried to crack down and just get sort of registered electricians to do some of the um, some of the bulk work on rooftops, which is going to send some um, people, especially people specialising in bigger rooftop systems out of business. And there's been the constant eff- efforts to sort of make sure that sort of regulations and policies are kept on track. And particularly in this sort of push for sort of, you know, we talked about orchestration of solar and some of the things that are happening in the distributed um, energy space. And um, on that note, I'd also like to um, give a bit of a shout out to some of those um, regulatory advisory bodies that have done a lot of good work. Yes. And I'm thinking about the Public Interest Advocacy Centre with uh, Craig Memory and his team, people like the Total Environment Centre and Mark Byrne, um, I guess uh, Renew, um, there's the Victorian Energy Policy Centre with Bruce Mountain. Um, there's a whole bunch of other these people who are really, really quite dedicated, mm. who are holding the regulators and the policy makers to account and are doing an absolutely fantastic job helping to shape legislation and regulations in a way that is beneficial to the whole industry and to the whole grid and um, I just applaud them for it. It's true, the quiet achievers in the background, the universities as well, so many great people in universities doing good things. Yes, well, that's right. Yeah, well, the um, the climate and energy college as well. I should point mm. out down, you know, um, Dylan McConnell and Simon Holmes Court. Um, and um, yeah, look, there's lots of people around who do who, who are doing fantastic stuff. And as you say, a lot of the people are doing it behind the, behind scenes, the scenes. And right. um, with yeah. yes, and that's um, I was involved. And that's really good. I was involved in a little project earlier on uh, this year, actually, which uh, the results of which will come out next year, I think, looking at employment again in the industry. And um, you know, I still maintain, Giles, that I re- I. I estimate there are more than 30,000 people employed in this industry and, um, uh, you know, um, the vast majority of them are just regular folks getting up, going to work, working hard, doing everything they can every single day and a lot of them don't get any accolades or recognition. So, um, yeah, to all those quiet achievers, big shout out as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Now, what else is on your top list? Well, well, that's it for my top list. I was trying to keep it short, sharp and sweet. And um, so let's go to the worst things. And I have to say, you know, right at the top of my list, I have to, I have to, sh- I have to call out the federal government for, you know... Um, everything. everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> but in particular, you know, constantly bashing renewables and, you know, having um, a whole lot of... Um, yeah, just, you know, endless, endless, endless negativity towards renewables until it comes time to go to COP21 or anywhere else where they suddenly remember all the great things that are happening in the renewable industry, uh, which they've tried to crush and then claiming credit for it. Um, it's the most um, transparent and abhorrent example of, um, you know, being two-faced about the whole issue that I've ever seen. Um, I have to make special mention of Craig Kelly, um, whose relentless campaign um, at you know just spreading fear, mistrust, and perpetuating lies about the whole thing is just you know boundless. Um, I do give him credit for being you know consistent, um, but um, I haven't jumped on his Facebook page for ages. But I jumped on today, and there was just the usual garbage and uh it's just nuts it's nuts it's it's just it's it's completely nuts i just Um, don't know how he is not held to account for the garbage that he perpetuates so to craig kelly and the federal government 
top of my list for worst things in 2019. Yeah, no, that's right, yes. And uh, look, I'll probably throw in um, a fair bit of Murdoch media in there too because it just sounds like a bit of an echo chamber. It just sort of bounces around the place. And um, it was funny to see uh, Rupert Murdoch talking about no climate deniers in my news organisation and then, you know, every day since, just the usual tripe coming along about it's a climate hoax and wind and solar don't work and just the... Um, it's just extraordinary. But, um, extraordinary. you know, um, I guess that's just one of the things that... Um, it's one of the things that we're dealing with. We're sort of getting into sort of politics and other sort of philosophical things now um, about um, about sort of truth and, and, and things like that. But um, rooftop solar, funnily enough, has a really interesting thing. Um, it sort of kind of sits in the middle and they, and, and they can't quite... They kind of want to demonise it, but they don't want to demonise it because everybody's got it on their own rooftops and things like that. So it's a really interesting one that doesn't sort of quite fit into the normal categories that they like to place things in. So... Um, yeah, they can't control um, that's it That's an interesting one. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Well, that's sort of part of the problem, mm, actually. <laughs> actually, for the grid operator, they can't control it and they want to control it a bit more but mm. yeah but they can't control the um the um absolutely mm. and um, and they just know it's incredibly popular out there and, and becoming increasingly so mm. so true true there you go um last on my list of worst things i mentioned the solovic rebate uh shenanigans when they first kicked off um but also the, the other thing that i really saw that sort of accelerated away in 2019 to a new level that i, I must admit i don't think i've seen for a while was um, you know, the Solar Cowboys. Um, th- th- there were new ways this year that we witnessed of that companies were finding in ways to cheat and lie and, you know, try and out-game and out-play and out-wit. And, um, you know, some of those have already come unstuck where we've seen fines issued, we've seen people uh, people's accreditation taken away, um, we've seen uh, enforceable undertakings by the clean energy regulator. Um, and, and I was chatting with someone about this the other day um, saying that, you know, imagine... If you if you added up all the time that was spent in our industry, having to try and control um, what is more than likely a very very small number of you know thieves, who are just going to try every trick in the book that they possibly can to get around every rule and and system in in that that we have in place, we our industry spends an inordinate amount of time just trying to manage a very, very small number of bad players in the industry. And, um, you know, this year, like I say, you know, I think next year, early next year, we're going to see uh, more prosecutions. We're going to see more people being brought down. We're going to be more seeing more people booted out. And, and unfortunately, we're probably going to have to see tougher rules to try and manage um, mm. this very, very small number of people. So, you know... They're right up there in my worst list of things in 2019. And, and, um, you know, when we see rebates, the sad side of Solovic rebates was it attracted them like like, uh, honeys to the bee, a bees to the honey. Pot. Thank you. Yes, yes, exactly, (laughs) that one, that one. And, um, yeah, look, um, look, it is important because um, just a couple of images of really bad installations and installations gone wrong does enormous damage to the industry and um, incredibly more damaging than a couple of Im- images of a really good installation because that 
would be normal. Um, and when you get the exceptions, and that causes more comment and um, more bad publicity. Um, look, a couple of other things that um, really positive. I'd just like to say um, one of the very positive things was our sponsors um, for 2019, which of course were Solar Analytics and um, PV Cell from SunWiz. So um, thanks to um, Solar Analytics and Steph and um, everyone at your organisation, Nigel, for um, um, co-sponsoring this podcast, and um, also for Warwick Johnson down at PV Cell and SunWiz and um, his team for also backing us and um, the good news is that in 2020 we have another new sponsor um, as well coming on board and um, we'll be talking to you all about that in the new year we hope to have them on board um, for the last episode but it didn't quite work out but um, he'll be here for 2020 and that's um, fresh in the new year so that'll be um, that'll be really good and um, look I had an actually instant segue hey should we go now to those recordings that you did at Sundowners um, while talking about till yeah, highlights sure. what do you reckon let's do that yeah that's the one I didn't make it to and um, you very diligently sort of sat there out in the front there and um, interviewed a whole bunch of people and you had two basic questions which was um, what were your highlights from 2019 and what are you expecting from 2020 and here's an edited Back, response backed by music. 2019, what was the coolest thing you saw, witnessed, experienced in solar in 2019? I think probably all of Canon Brooks's ideas that kept coming out, they were pretty cool. I think this connection to Singapore could be great. Hopefully ah, it continues yeah. and it's very exciting getting everyone excited. Some thought leadership. Exactly. The conversation around utility battery storage is probably the interesting thing for the market at the moment and, and the one that has the, the greatest percent potential for significant change yep. in the industry. Yep. Coolest thing in solar of 2019 for us yeah. uh, was opening the AFR and seeing an article about Sun Cable, the world's largest solar farm, that will be developed and built by us, 5B, in four years' time. We actually thrived in 2019. Um, solar farm uh, electrical contracting was a, a fantastic thing for us and we've been very, very busy on over a gigawatt of uh, solar farms around the country, so we're very grateful for that. And the large scale solar installs that I'm seeing everyone doing, which is fantastic. Um, starting to see a lot more electric car charging posts going out there, so the super highway is bloody awesome. Um, and I think the innovation that's coming in smart around how people can be smarter about the way they use energy and, and the energy management systems. Exporting uh, solar to the world, I think that's, that's pretty cool and the, um, the LNG, the renewable LNG. The way that the industry is reinventing itself, yeah. I think that's the key, that's the message. 2020, looking forward now, uh, biggest challenge. What do you see as the biggest challenge facing you, your business, our industry? I think getting out of the comfort zone is the biggest challenge. Uh, breaking the rules, stop doing what you've been doing, stop going for moving into a model where people are just working for turnover and sales. They're actually challenging themselves to think about, well, what is my role, what is my place, and how do I transform the marketplace and what we do? And how can we work together? I think there's a couple of challenges. I think the first one is obviously regulation yep. and, and, and grid and network management. Yep. That's going to be the number one challenge because that's going to flow out of just the utility space and into the large scale commercial space. Yep. 
So you're going to see some demands placed on commercial systems that haven't been placed on them before. Yep. Well, for us personally, we're on a mission to build our first utility-scale projects in yep. Australia, yep. Um, which is a big step up for us. Absolutely ready for it. Technology platform is ready to go. Yep. But obviously, utility-scale is a whole other industry to, to break into. So, yeah. That's your challenge? Yes. Good luck, man. Merry Christmas. Network con connectivity. Um, there's a lot of issues in that. I think uh, there's been a bit of pain this year. Um, substantial reduction, I believe, in, in connections into the grid, so that's going to be the challenge. The network's also putting demands around the, the volume of generation that's coming out from these, this huge volume of decentralised generation that exists. Um, and we've already seen it in articles in WA and, and, uh, and right. in South Australia, so I think that's probably the number, one of the major challenges for commercial. I think a bit of better policy direction be a good thing for 2020. I think that it's, it's uh, businesses are starting to take their own moves, but I think that with a little more policy direction, they can be encouraged more to go in a greater direction. Yep. Yep. Any solar farm that's not got a battery is kind of going to be a bit of an issue next year. That's a challenge. So we're we're uh, we're definitely making sure we're we're a part of that that uh, battery. Um, you know, solar farm scene for 2020. Utility-wise, again, it comes back to the opportunity that was batteries is also the challenge that is batteries. Yep. How does it integrate with the grid? How do we manage it? And how do we create a genuine market opportunity with a piece of technology? Beautiful, mate. That's all I need. Uh, enjoy the evening, Merry Christmas, and good to chat. Good on you, Norwich. Thanks, mate. Mate, it's great to see you. Enjoy the drinks. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, mate. Beautiful, mate. Enjoy the drinks and Merry Christmas. Fabulous. Thanks, Norwich. All the best. Beautiful. Merry Christmas. Great to see you. Merry Christmas, Norwich. <laughs> good luck, man. Merry Christmas. Is that it? That was easy. There's a whole bunch of different people sort of giving their responses to you really Nigel's two questions. <laughs> well, we we had to, Nigel. I have to say we it had was, to. There was a lot of people there. There was a lot of noise. I apologise. I also want to apologise. I had a technical hitch and accidentally uh, deleted about six or seven interviews, some of which were, you'll just have to trust me, they were fantastic and fascinating. So to those people who... Uh, are listening and going, oh, I'm sure Nigel bailed me up and made me talk to him. Uh, I'm so sorry, but we'll come back around to you. Louis <laughs> <laughs> wedding outside your door. <laughs> um, yeah, no, look, it was good. And uh, look, I hope to be able to get to some of those Sundown events in 2020 and they're fantastic and I'm sure they're going to be continuing to be as successful as they have been. Um, mm. Can I, can I mate, tell a quick good solar news story? Oh, I think you can. Because this is, I always love it when you start to see, you know, there's been some bad stuff, but there's also been some good stuff. Out of the blue, last week, I was contacted by an old friend who I haven't heard or, or, or seen of for, for some years. And um, it was that classic story uh, where Megsy got in touch and went, hey, Nigel, listen, um, I've just signed a contract to buy a solar system. 
should I have talked to you before I did that? And I just went, oh, Megsy, send me everything. Let me have a look, blah, blah, blah. And lo and behold, um, I looked at a quote, which was okay, but actually some of the product promotional stuff was a bit misleading so I didn't like that I looked at the uh, energy production and estimated savings quotes which were grossly overinflated um, and she also suffered quite a bit of pressure from the sales guy to try and sign up 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 without even having a contract and she had to uh, literally laugh at the guy and say if you think I'm signing without a contract you're kidding um, so finally a contract came through um, luckily, I recognized the name of the company, not the salesperson, but the company, went to the owner of the company and said, what's going on here? And he said, oh, it's this rogue sales guy sort of at arm's length that has been doing some good stuff, but yeah, he's not going to be with us next year. And um, it was all a bit messy, but luckily um, in the space of 24 hours, the owner of the business stepped right up above and beyond um, you know, uh, delivered even more than was originally uh, quoted for, uh, fixed all the errors up, delivered a proper quote with a proper contract, um, insisted that his own crew would do it, not a subcontracted crew, and believe it or not, um, promised to install it three days later. And I think it's by the time this podcast goes to air, it'll be on the roof. Um, so, you know, shout out to, again, to those good solar companies and to Megzi, who was, you know, uh, knew nothing about energy, knew nothing about solar, did her research on the web and bless her, you know, she said, oh, I think I've worked out that, you know, I shouldn't buy six kilowatts for three grand. That's just going to be garbage and I'm not going to get the support. <laughs> um, equally, I shouldn't probably pay much more than eight or nine grand. That looks like the high end for the really good stuff. I'm probably one of those in between a sort of people. So I figure I should be paying about six or seven, maybe a little bit more, $1,000, depending on the service and everything else. So it does show that even people who aren't in the industry and don't understand energy um, will find enough uh, if they do a little bit of digging. Um, she was very happy to have someone step into the middle and take over the negotiation and help sort a few things out. Um, but um, yeah, it was. I just thought it was a classic example of how challenging it is for consumers, um, but um, how things uh, can come to an, a great conclusion when there are when there are good companies out there. So, thanks, Tyson. Well, that's a good story. And if you think about it, um, if three hundred thousand homes um, put um, um, had solar on the roof, you hope that happens about that. That's a story that can be told a thousand times each day. That's right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, let's hope it yeah. can. Yeah, so um, so that's pretty mm. good. Bit of crap solar? What has it got? Crap solar. Mm. Oh, well, last crap solar of the year. Better make it good. Yeah. <laughs> this, 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 all models, it says here on your little briefing notes here, all models of manufacturers, Shutton Solar and Tianjin One U or whatever it is, will be delisted on 18th of December. Who on earth calls their company Shutton Solar? Shutton. Shooting solar. I thought it might have been shooting yeah. solar, but anyway, shooting solar. <laughs> so a couple of brands that have floated in and out of the market over the years, um, but they're, they're going to be off the list um, in a few days. Actually, by the time we go to air, uh, they'll be off the list. So warning to all solar panels, there are no uh, solar panel installers, there are no current importers. Um, so, you know, do not use shooting solar in Tianjin, Hanhuo. Uh, that's a warning that came out from the Clean Energy Council uh, today. Um, also, another another little snippet that I thought was fascinating, actually. Um, the 
clean energy regulator who's responsible for small-scale and large-scale technology certificates um, had something on their website that said from between July to September 2019, 483,344 STC certificates across 3,791 separate claims were incorrectly created by registered agents, uh, which meant they failed. They didn't get through. Now, they may have subsequently resubmitted and got them through, but it means that 483,000-odd claims for STCs were rejected initially. That's $16 million or thereabouts worth of uh, STC claims that were rejected uh, just between July and September 2019, which I found mind-boggling. So... Yeah, so um, there is clearly still some big challenges around getting um, applications correct. Uh, There are a whole variety of reasons. Um, Some would just be filling out the forms wrong. Some would be um, uh, potentially fraudulent and other things. But um, anyway, it's it's you know the clean energy regulators doing their job and being very tough. well, that's yeah. good. Speaking of which, um, well, last one for the year was uh, also from the Clean Energy Regulator where a man, a 48-year-old man from Wagga Wagga was sentenced on the 10th of December 2019 to an 18-month good behaviour bond and fined $5,000 by the local court following an investigation by the Clean Energy Regulator. Um, the, the, uh, the, the gentleman's named, I won't name him here, but he was a Clean Energy Council accredited installer, subsequently delisted. Um, and a licensed electrician. He pleaded guilty to several um, sections of the criminal code um, relating to giving giving of information derived from false or misleading documents. Um, he was alleged to have falsely claimed uh, to have installed eight systems and signed off uh, when uh, the systems didn't actually go in or they went in by someone else or something. So it's been a protracted case. But, um, you know, there are still great efforts by the regulators out there trying to keep everyone um, above and uh, above uh, doing the right thing. So um, that's it. That's enough crap solar for the year. That's enough crap solar, yes. He was well and truly sprung and um, didn't quite go to prison, but wasn't very far off it. Mate, um, yes, EV and battery news. Gosh, I mean, you could probably talk about the highlights of electric vehicles as well, which we could do very quickly. But I just want to point out that your electric motorcycle, Mia Culpa, that we talked about two weeks ago, that went off. Went off. Yes, it went off. Everyone, yes, absolutely. Yes, it's good. Tens of thousands of, of readers. So, um, tens of thousands. Tale of That's right. stupidness. You can, you can fill the Sydney football stadium with the readers of that time. <laughs> Except for the fact that it's demolished and doesn't exist anymore. But apart from that. <laughs> yeah, well, sadly, I'm, I'm still chugging away. I'm working on my, my whole Christmas. I'm taking three weeks off every Christmas. And basically the entire time, apart from visiting family for the, uh, for the duties, is... Uh, is tied up with fixing something so you can burn fossil fuels in the drive pulling bearings out putting bearings in you know trying to source parts blah 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 very tedious kind of fun but you know gosh it's complicated and i wish i had my electric bike back but it's not it's we're making progress (laughs) we're making progress speaking of progress um ewan and charlie have have finished their latest adventure long way up is now officially complete um, they spent three months driving from Land's End to Los Angeles. Took them about, uh, yeah, it took them about three months. Um, uh, they arrived on their Harley Livewires so, and two Rivian trucks. Um, so, you know, I, first, I guess firstly, well done, boys. You made it um, all that way. A hell of a trip. Um, we, um, we look forward with great interest to the, to the uh, m- m- 
the series that will come out shortly, um, they did uh, notice that when they crossed from the US um, in New Mexico, they uh, they noted that the charging stations were obviously faster and much more plentiful and they could pick up the pace and were doing on average about 300 miles of distance per day, um, whereas south of the border they were doing about 120 to 180 miles, which is pretty slow going um, each day. Um, but they were telling stories about you know getting charges from you know off grid homes and and um, yeah anywhere they could find a PowerPoint they they'd get a little top up and just plug away. Um, so you know good on the boys for for uh, for that. I, I think that um, series could actually will actually do a lot for uh, electric motorcycling and uh, maybe even something for Harley Davidson who fingers crossed hope to see down here in Australia um, in the near future. Well, hopefully, 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 yes. Um, the products are still sort of, they, they're dribbling into the Australian market. And I guess we're talking about electric motorcycles and electric cars as well. The um, the electric car market still hasn't, electric car market hasn't got a heck of a lot of choice. There's still not much, or well, there's nothing below 50,000, and there's not even around a 50,000 range. There's not even a huge selection. Now, I don't know when that's going to change, maybe sometime late in 2020 or maybe even 2021. It just seems to be getting a little bit frustration, a little bit frustrating. Sorry, but um, you know, um, I, I think the Model Three has certainly changed a lot of um, perspectives around the place. I mean, I just keep on sort of bumping into them as I'm driving around the place, whether it's around here or up in Brisbane. I went there a couple of days ago to finally get some roof racks in my Model Three, and um, they're all over the Gold Coast. And um, yeah, it's um, um, quite a change. And look, it's it's quite funny, you know. One of the differences between electric vehicles and, 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 and petrol or diesel cars, and sometimes it's quite funny when you get back into my Peugeot and all of a sudden I've got to remember to put my foot in the brake because when you go down the hill, you know, it doesn't have the regenerative braking, so I've got to remember I just can't go around the corner quite as I thought I was going to go. Um, and then when I went actually went into the, uh, in, went into the Tesla um, workshop up in Brisbane and um, to get my roof racks there, and that's where they do all the repairs and the maintenance and things like that, and it's amazing. There's just no oil. There's just no. There's just no nothing. It's just clean as, and um, it's kind of like going into the showroom. And um, yeah, very different experience from um, garage, a couple of weeks ago oh, when yeah. I was sort of, you know, yeah. trying to get my old Peugeot um, um, re-registered and uh, passing the pink slip, and um, you know, a bit of tutting from the local mechanic, and you know, whinging about oil leaks and all that goes, mate. Then you're in trouble. And I was going, oh Jesus. <laughs> so yes, yeah, quite. Um, Quite a change, yeah. quite a change that I think a lot of people in out there just don't quite appreciate, and um, I hope hopefully they will get to do so sometime yeah, soon. Yeah, indeed, and I and I actually read a um, you know you know I love um, my zero, and I love what zero have achieved as an electric motorcycle maker, and you know um, you've read my mea culpa, but um, I did see uh, actually a letter or an email that was sent to an owner uh, not that long ago, actually uh, lamenting how he was stranded in Australia and was really looking for support and it was very reasonable and apologetic uh, didn't really help but they kind of highlighted that when they when zero look around the world at markets that they're going to get into and they're going to support um, the amount of effort and time and money um, and support that they can offer in a country is directly commensurate with what they see in terms of support uh, and and encouragement from the local government and they pinned uh, their exit from Australia on the absolute lack of support and enthusiasm for EVs in Australia. That's why they pulled out of Australia, because they said 
clearly to us this market does not support EVs and so um, you know it, it just goes to show and we've seen this before in the solar industry with consumers um, when consumers are told that solar is a good thing they go oh the government says it's a good thing maybe I should consider it I uh, don't know that I trust the government but you know they're saying it's a good thing I might consider it um, compared to it's a really really bad thing you should stay away from it when people go oh you know that makes me nervous there must be something going on so I'll just wait and we've seen that over and over again with consumer sentiment in the solar sector and I think we're suffering exactly the same thing now with EVs um, and um, you know so you know the government could change this on a dime by literally getting behind it and just getting enthusiastic about it uh, let alone actually supporting it um, but but just being positive about it and you know I hope that the corner that we turn from 2019 to 2020 Giles is to see a lot more willingness to try new things willingness to embrace the obvious and um, you know some enthusiasm for what's possible rather than nervousness of of you know changing what's been the same forever I have a dream. I have a dream. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be nice? But um, geez, I can't see it happening. Um, look, it's going to be interesting because in 2020, we are going to see um, the federal government roll out its electric vehicle policy. And it's going to be interesting to see exactly what that mm. is. Um, you know, um, my main predi- prediction for 2020 is that we're going to see the headline 2020 vision used an awful lot. So, yes. and um, yes. <laughs> So just get ready for that. Um, yeah, look, um, mm, what else do we have? I think that's about that's it, isn't it? it? We should just say, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody out there, you know, to um, the thousands of installers who I know listen to us on the way to jobs and front, uh, from jobs. Um, props to you, girls and guys. I know a lot of great female installers as well as, uh, as, well as the guys who are out there installing and um, they work incredibly incredibly hard um you know getting up on a roof on a 30 something degree day and slogging away all day and then climbing under the house and pulling cables and getting in walls and being in switchboards and dodging snakes and spiders it's it's a hard way to make a living so massive props to the tens of thousands of installers out there working hard every day and uh uh, if you're on the way home from the job, enjoy a cold beer uh, safely uh, while you're heading home. To all the business owners and everyone else uh, who are out there, who are, who are supporters of ours and listeners, uh, massive thank you for your support and for listening and for um, you know striving in business. And to all the you know regulators and industry associations and academics and everyone else, everyone who's out there, um, you know, huge big thank you for all your efforts and uh, thanks for all your support. I wanted to give one shout out to Jojo the mobile barber down the road from me um, she got delivered a, a Solar Insiders t-shirt the other day and tells everyone she knows Fantastic. about the, the show so, Jojo thanks we love you <laughs> I haven't met Jojo in a professional capacity yet and I probably never will given the state of my head but um, head wax, head wax. <laughs> all the best or oh, head wax yeah there you go yeah I could spit and polish that'll be the, that'll be the go um Look, um, that's, that's look, that's great. And look, um, look, my thanks to everybody out there for listening and um, everyone involved. Um, re- really do appreciate it. Um, thanks to Anne, our producer, yeah. for um, bearing with us and all our really badly held microphones and badly held techniques when we're out there in the field. She's a magician. Like and, um, <laughs> she's a magician. I know she loves us for our faults, but um, you know, it's um, yes. But thank you very much. And look, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, New Year to um, everyone. And look, we're going to be back in about. 
four or five weeks time mm, Nigel. bigger better so, more stuff more stories more sponsors more ideas and with 20 and with 2020 vision <laughs> that's it just See, there more you go. Of, i told you it's gonna just more of the stuff we'll do more of the stuff <laughs> just more of the stuff no it'll be great so um yes no, look really looking forward to it so um enjoy the yes. break and thanks very much for listening thanks very much to our sponsors once again solar analytics and sunwiz and our new sponsor joining next year and um we'll be back soon bye for now Solar Insiders was brought to you by SunWiz, the creators of PV Cell software. Powerful technology for solar sales and design with free high definition rooftop imagery in every PV Cell plan. Retailers can stay ahead of the competition. Visit sunwiz.com.au, Australia's leading solar software. Solar Insiders is also brought to you by Solar Analytics, designers and suppliers of smart solar monitoring. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, get empowered and make the most of your home energy.